We are going to get into our theme for the month, Courage to Live Out Your Destiny. Allow me this morning not to recap a lot because this is an express service. Hallelujah. I'll only comment a few times about what we learned last week. Hallelujah. Last week, we, we have learned that giving is the essence of living, that more than any other thing, we are products of God's generosity, and we also ought to be generous to other people. So today, we're just going to be talking about you are born to be a blessing. You are born to be a blessing, and you must have the courage to be that blessing. The highest level of living, it is not just being blessed and talk about the blessings of God, enjoy the blessings of God, and celebrate the blessings of God. The highest level of living, it is being blessed to be a blessing. When we are a blessing, that is the highest form of living. William Buckley says, there are two great days in a person's life. The day we are born and the day we discover why. You are born here on earth. And when you are born, we are excited when you are born. Even before you are born, we do baby showers. We prepare gifts. We talk about good things. And we prepare for you because you are a special person. So the day you are born, it is very important. The next time in your life, it is when you discover, why was I born? Why was I born? And everybody must discover the why. We note in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God speaks to Abram, and he says to him, and I'll read it in several translations, he says, I will make you a great nation. He's talking to one person. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. The last portion where it talks about being a blessing, in the New Living Translation it says, you will be a blessing to others. In the CJB it says, you are to be a blessing. If that's not what you are now, you are to be a blessing. God calls Abram, and when he calls him, he shows him the reason why he was born. The reason why he was born, he had called him to be a blessing. He's going to Abraham, who is in heir of the Chaldees, what is known as present Iraqi today. He takes him, he speaks to him in a place where people are not worshipping the true God. He gives him an opportunity to take a leap of faith and he says, leave your home and venture where I'm calling you to be a blessing. In return, he offers him a blessing. And Abraham receives the blessings of God and for his descendants. Now I want us to look at that verse again. It says, I will make, I will make, Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, is the same verse. It says, I will make you a great nation. Now, now, let's look at God. He's having a conversation when he's calling Abraham. He's showing him why he has called him. He says, I have called you. When I call you, I, 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 I'm not 
I'm not, I'm not looking at you in where you are, in the shape you are in. I will take you as you are. But even though you might not be fit for my purpose, I will make you to fit. He says, I will make you a great nation. So sometimes we look at the reason why God has called us. He wants us to be a blessing. We don't see us having a potential to be a blessing. We look at where we are born. We, look, we listen to what people have said about us. And some of the things that people say about us, it is the truth. That's who we are. It's a reflection of our character. It's a reflection of our pain, our mistakes, and everything else. But God says, I'm God. I'm the one who is calling you. I'm not going to leave you as you are. My purpose is a great purpose. I want to make a great nation out of you. But, but you are the material I want to use. Though you may be despised, though you may feel unworthy, though you may feel you are not equal to the challenge, but I'm Jehovah God. I'm the creator. I'm the maker. I'm the only wise God. I'm the most high God. I'm the omniscient God. I can manufacture anything else. I have all the knowledge. I have all the sciences. I have all the power. I'm omnipotent. He says, I will make you one person to be a great nation. Your life is great. Your life has power to have great impact if you allow God to make you. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I, I like God. I make one person a nation, which means I increase him. I multiply him. Then I bless what has been multiplied. Then he continues to say, I will make your name great. Name being great, name being famous, name being prominent, name being renowned is the third level of your life, not the first level. In this world, people want their name to be great as number one. Yet it's the third level. It is after you have had impact that your name will be great. Then he says, don't just be overwhelmed by the name. This name is supposed to be a blessing. This name is supposed to bless others. The word to bless means to empower. To make others prosper. Wherever you are, you must make others prosper. And prosperity is not only financial. When, Paul, when John writes in 3 John, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. This prosperity, it must cover everything. Mind, soul, spirit, and body. It must cover every aspect of your life. Wherever you are, people's well-being must be improved in a balanced way. That's what it means to be a blessing. You are not supposed to be a blessing to your own family, your own tribe, your own friends, your own church. From this church, with the teachings you receive, 
with a character that is molded, with the attitudes that have been revived, you are supposed to impact somebody out there. I love what Jewel Austin says. He says, when you focus on being a blessing to God, God makes sure you are blessed with abundance. Your focus, it is to be a blessing to others. You see, we are blessed in order to bless others. We are enriched in order to enrich others. That is why in the kingdom of God, the Bible says, if you want to be the first, you must be a servant of all people. If you want to be first, Protos, you must be a servant. You must be willing to be used by God to minister to the needs of others. When you have a headache, think about others who have a headache and who don't know God as a healer. When you feel hopeless, think about others who have no faith, who don't know Jesus as the hope of glory that you have to testify to them. Sometimes we look at other people and we compare ourselves with other people and we say they are more blessed than others, than us. Yet the things you have that God has blessed you with, somebody does not have. Count your blessings and learn to use to bless others. Now look at how this word is unpacked in different commentaries. It is very interesting, Mazalani, when you read Kale and Delzik in their commentary, they say Abraham was not only to receive a blessing but to be a blessing, what he becomes. Not only to be blessed by God, to become. It is part of his DNA. To be a medium of blessings to others, which means God blesses you, but you are not the real owner of the blessings that God has given to you. You, you, are, you are a steward. You are a custodian. They have been entrusted to you to manage it. A certain portion for yourself, but a certain portion for others. That you may allocate to them as and when they have a need. Because God trusts you. He trusts you. Jameson and Fawcett and Brown in their commentary, they say, Thou shalt be a blessing, Braca, in the sense of looking at blessing in a concrete, practical sense, an object of blessings. When we are blessed by God, it's not only to shine, but when others also must shine in our shine. You know, I get blessed when I go into probably any office or whatever where we have to fill the forms. And somebody cannot fill the forms and they ask me to fill it for them. 
that here am I, my literacy, it is not only benefiting me, but I'm in the right place in the right spot at the right time. And God has sent somebody who has dignity, who has his image, but did not have the opportunity to be literate like me. And I have to minister to them. It is a blessing to be an object blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others. That's what we must be. That's what we must be. Barnes says, the higher blessing is expressed in these remarkable terms. And thou, and, 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 and be thou a blessing. He's not to be merely a subject of blessing, but a medium of blessing others. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And the Lord here confers on Abram the delightful prerogative of dispensing good to others. Here you are. God blesses you. But God says, you must not be the focus. You are a conduit. You are an instrument. When we receive water, we don't praise Blambi. <laughs> when we receive water from our tap, we don't sit there and say, oh, this copper, this copper chups and tap. Wow. Wow. No. We praise the water <laughs> that comes out of it. The focus is the water that benefits us on the other side. We are just the conduit. Let's not take ourselves serious, Bazalon. We are just a conduit. There's many good things that God wants to pass to others. How many people are in darkness when we have received the light of God? How many people are addicted to things when, when the Son of Man has made us free and we are free indeed? How you can be a conduit of a man of Galilee? His name is Jesus. He's the deliverer. He's the savior. He's the healer. He's the miracle worker. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. He's the bread from heaven. Oh, how can we sit with him and not pass him to others? Be the conduit. Just be the conduit. Now we, we get even messed up. We live in a world that just wants to turn us into consumers. Once the blessings come our way, hey, we don't know what to do to ourselves. If it's money, we will shop until we drop. If it's revelation, we are amongst Christians, we prophesy to one another. We speak to the converted. We visit each other too much. 
Yet Jesus says, I was in prison, you never visited me. Yet Jesus says, I, I, I was in hospital and you never came. We, we are focused on this blessing. We are consumers, consumers, consumers. When we are supposed to be dishing out the blessings of God. You can't come into contact with Jesus and remain the same and never turn into a blessings. You can't. We read in the Bible in Luke chapter 19 a story of a man called Zacchaeus. This man was in a profession which made him to be hated by people because of people in those professions what they were doing. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10, it reads as follows. Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Hey, underline. Chief and was wealthy. We, We know in our country, we know. We know. In verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Even when people are wealthy and we don't understand where they get their wealth and they're in position of power that are associated with corruption, they still want to see Jesus. Nobody is beyond redemption. They have a soul that the world cannot feed and satisfy. But being short, he was just like me. He could not see Jesus because of the crowd. Hey, At this time, size counted. (laughs) He could not. He could not see. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Bazalana, people are desperate for Jesus. Mm. This is hectic. Imagine a wealthy man in town. <laughs> uh, you know, the Bible is funny. Kurumuhumi wabahumi. Apalamisi fat. Jesus will humble you. Hey! Hey! By the time Jesus suffered, on a Saturday, verse five. When Jesus reached the spot, oh, what a, oh, he looked up and said, "Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay." At your house today. 
Oh. Some of you are like Zacchaeus this morning. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And Jesus is standing right there at your spot. He knows you by name. He knows your troubles. He knows your journey. He knows your sufferings. He knows your pain. But more than any other thing, he knows the future he has for you. I don't know how he came down, but so he came down at once, which means he went. And welcomed him gladly. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to the guest of a sinner. Uh, when did it become offensive for the gospel? To go to those who need it the most. Jesus says, I have not come for the healed. I have come for the sick. Sometimes we categorize people and say, this one, when say this, when say this. Because Jesus says, Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession. This guy knows what he has done. Jesus did not say anything. It's what people are complaining about his background. We are Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Oh. Sometimes we criticize people who already have the visitation of Jesus. May God help us to be sensitive to those who are passing by, who are just waiting for us to show them just how to pray. The Holy Spirit has already worked. Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too, this is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Listen to this, Barcelona. When God was saying, Abraham, I will make you great. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. Zacchaeus was also included. This one too. This one too must partake of the blessing of the kingdom of God. When Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus, when Jesus blessed Zacchaeus by agreeing to go to his house and act in that culture of hospitality, it made all sorts of statements that said, I accept you. It says, I give you friendship. It says, I give you honor. Yet this man was despised. 
Yet this man, in secret, God was dealing with him to deal with his corrupt ways when he had defrauded others. Which means, Bazalon, Zacchaeus understood how to be a blessing at God level. Yet God can take you further than him to be a blessing. If somebody could be a blessing under the old covenant, how much more under the new covenant? When your eyes have been opened, when the Messiah has already come, you have no excuse. Application. And then we are done. Five ways in which you can become a blessing. If you have been wondering, but how do I become a blessing? Number one, become a reconciler in the ministry of reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21, in the New Living Translation, it says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are ambassadors. In verse 21 it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with him through Christ. Imagine, Bazalon. We were far away from God, lost in our own ways. God sent us Christ. And in Christ, he reconciled us to himself. And he says, now that you are reconciled to me, I'm not here on earth in the physical sense, Jesus, as I was walking from place to place. But I have you all over the world who believe in my name. You are my envoys. You are my representatives. You are my messengers. Continue this message of reconciling people who are far away from God and reconcile them to God and those who are in enmity with one another, who have tensions, who are fighting with one another, who are having differences and difficulties with one another. He says, it is your ministry. It is your work not to take sides but to reconcile them. It's our ministry. We become a blessing when we reconcile people to themselves and people to God. Owen Flintman says, Flint Feltham says, it is much easier, it is much safer to reconcile an enemy than to conquer him. Victory may deprive him of his poison, but reconciliation of his will. When you defeat somebody, you have not dealt with a grudge. He will wait for you when you are at your weakness, even when it's 50 years later. You might overpower them, overthrow them, and rule them, 
it is temporary. But when you reconcile with them, you turn their will for friendship. In Matthew 5 verse 9, the scripture reads, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That's the NIV. The New Living Translation says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Imagine, Basalon, when you are a peacemaker, not only are you blessed, but your identity is also affirmed. People say, yeah, indeed, this one, is a child of God. So God is provoked when we sow discord instead of being people who are peaceful. God is offended. When you read in Proverbs, it is not even nice in how God expresses it. In verse 16 says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven, they are an abomination to him. Proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. God says, I hate these things. A heart that devises wicked plans. God says, I hate God does not like them. Feet that are swift to run to evil. A false witness. God says, I, I hate that. Anyone who sows discord, anyone. Does not matter their status. Does not matter the power they have. God says, I'm not pleased with you. If you divide people. The CJB says, a false witness who lies with every breath. Hey. <laughs> hey. And he who sows strife amongst brothers. God does not like strife. When a people, you love them, but you, they love you, but the problem is you have been dividing them. When this one says this, yeah, yeah. And this person thinks you are their friend. When we are the next one, you tell them what this one is planning to do. What God says, I don't like it. I don't like it. May God help us not to do the things that he does not like. The second thing, we become a blessing when we live to show forth the praises of God. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 in the New King James Version says, but you are a chosen generation. God has chosen you through Christ. You are special before him. 
You are the cream of God's crop. You are chosen. You did not choose him. He chose you. You are a royal priesthood. You are royalty when it comes to God. Priesthood is not just for a selected few. All of us through Christ have been given the ministry to be priests. It says you are a holy nation. Oh, we are not just common people. We are God's special people. We have been set aside. We are holy. Why? That we may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Imagine, Basola, you were in darkness. And you were not aware that you were in darkness. Some of us were in darkness and they're not already clever. You were telling yourself, God took you out of that darkness. Oh, he called you into his glory. The CJB says, but you are a chosen people, the king's kohanim, a holy nation, people for God to possess. Imagine, Basalan, we are God's possession. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price from the slave market of sin. You now belong to God. Why? In order to declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. Meaning, we are to glorify God with our lives. I like what William Templer says. William Templer says, worship, praise, it is submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by his holiness. But now that you are saved, you've got a conscience. You are looking for an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. Your conscience is alive. It is the nourishment of the mind with his truth. You now live by the truth of God. It is the purifying of the imagination by his beauty and the opening of the heart to his love. We were singing, oh, how I love you, how I love you. Manje, here you are at the church. Oh, how I love you. What a change. What a testimony. What a story. Your heart is opened to God. The third thing is to become a philanthropist. Somebody who gives generously to others. In Acts chapter 10, we read about a man called Cornelius. 
It says at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion. He was not even a Jew. Was known as the Italian regiment. He and he, all his family were devout. They were God-fearing. They gave generously to those in need and prayed regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. Hey, this guy had a vision. I've never had a vision. Distinctly saw an angel of God. Some of us are wishing to see angels. Who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him with fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and the gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Imagine, Basalani, we don't have to wait for the day you die in your memorial service to talk about the things you have done. Your giving must be a legacy of the number of people you have changed, touched and affected with the blessings that God has given to you. Imagine people like Dorcas in Acts chapter 9 verse 36. This woman who was a business woman, who touched the widows, who touched the orphans with her giving. One unknown writer says, a person's most useful asset is not a head full of knowledge, but a heart full of love and an ear ready to listen and a hand willing to help others. I want to close with this one because it is more relevant to what is happening in our country. The fourth one, and I'm not going to be long on it. It is to become an intercessor. Someone who stands in the gap, sees the situations that are troubling people, knows the promises of God, understands what God can do to turn things around. You see people in poverty. You see people in pain. You see people discouraged and devastated. You see a nation in pain. And you know what the good God can do. You know his healing power. Because it has affected you. You know him as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord my provider. You know people who are feel forsaken and unloved. You know him as a good shepherd. Who will lay down his life for a sheep. You know such a God. And you know what to do to stand in the gap and pray for them. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1 to 7, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that requests, that prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live a quiet and a peaceful life in all godliness and holiness. It says, this is good. And it pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one mediator between God and men. You are the mediator. You are a follower of Christ. You can stand after Christ the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for many and the testimony given in his proper time. But we must take interest in others, their needs. Use our faith. Use our knowledge of God's promises to pray for that situation.
Here we are, four days in South Africa, we have a new president. Four days. Just four days. Four days. Four days. How things have changed. Just in four days. In the middle of this euphoria, in the middle of this thanksgiving, in the middle of this celebration, let's not forget our ministry. Let's not forget our ministry. It's like a cloud has been removed. It's like we can see. But more than any other thing, there's no guarantee for anything. But the Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of God that he may turn it wherever he wishes. May God help us as we're going to have a new crop of leaders that the vision must be a vision that is based on justice, peace, truth, equality for everybody. May God help us. But we must fulfill our ministry. We are the ones who must call on God. We are the ones, the Bible says, that all men should be saved. The word saved is not only about going to heaven. The word saved, sozo, it means healing. It means wholeness. It means shalom, peace. Everything of its best to reach its best. We are not in our best. Equality has increased. Crime is still there. The problems are still there. When we celebrate educational improvement, how many have fallen off and they could not finish. But we are not discouraged. We can stand in the gap and pray. Let me read this as I close. When you pray for others, God listens to you and blesses them. When you are safe and happy, remember that somebody has been praying for you. Father, we thank you for your word. For you are such a good God. You're worthy to be praised and ever to be exalted. May you help us to know our ministry, O oh God. To understand that we are born to be a blessing. We stand here understanding, O oh God, that you want us to be a blessing, O oh God. That you want us to be a blessing. And these are the ways we have underlined to be a blessing. May we live them. May we practice them. May they define our ministry. We pray. We pray. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, Maybe you are coming here for the first time. You have not received Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. You are like Zacchaeus when Jesus stood next to him and said, Zacchaeus, today I'm knocking at your house. I would like to come and stay with you. Zacchaeus came in a rush and welcomed Jesus. Maybe you are here. If you want me to pray with you to give your life to Jesus, don't resist it. Don't fight it. Just raise your hand where you are. Let me see that hand and I'll pray for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, God bless you, my sister, keep that hand up. God bless you, my other sister, keep that hand up. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother here. God bless you, my brother, this side. 
ukwamkela ujeso njengenkosi nomsindisi wakho aguculi impilo yakho ngicela nje ungibonise ngokuphakamisa isandla sakho mawuqede ukusiphakamisa osidrene osiphakamisile I just like to pray for you how le temo uri muruti kopa on rapelle ke batla onela ka bophilo baka ke amohele morena Jesu ebe morena le mophulisi wakho ke kopa umponse ka uphamisa le tsola hawo hore ke rapelle mmoholo wena ngwana esu mudimo etsa handle abuti mudimo etsa handle God bless you at the back. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just like to pray for you. Omunye futhi khona. God bless you at the back there. God bless you. Anybody else? I just like to pray for you. Anybody else? For you to receive Jesus in your life. God bless you here. God bless you. I'm going to ask all the people who have raised their hands. Could you kindly stand? Could you kindly stand? Ungayihlisa nje isandla sakho usukume. Could you kindly stand? Kopaliemeng. Kopaliemeng. Ngicela nsukumeni. Wherever you are, take your Bibles, your belongings. Nisonde la pambile, gizo kulega ganyanani.